Go to our first guest now, and it's one of the regular features we have here where we talk to a sports journalist. And today, multi-talented sports journalist, Sports24 senior sports reporter, SABC commentator and analyst as well. So he does radio and writing. It takes a lot to be able to do that. Can you, can you so good evening to you. Thanks for joining us. Good evening, Johnny. Good evening, listeners. Uh, first of all, let's. Zelma's, Zelma's all over me here. She's my technical producer today. She wants to know who's going to win AFCON tomorrow. Well, my heart says Senegal, but my head says Egypt. You find that, um, yes, North African teams tend to struggle um, in sub-Saharan um, Afcon, but you find that Egypt, you know, they're one of those teams that just find a way to win. Mm. And they've, they've been not impressive, but efficient. I mean, you could say the same for Senegal. Senegal were no great shakes in the group stages, so were Egypt. But again, it speaks to... Um, peaking at the right time because we were all talking about Nigeria and Nigeria being a team to beat. Well, they couldn't get past a round of 16. Um, <laughs> so it, 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 it's just the crazy nature of sport where you need to just know when to peak. And I think when you look at Egypt and Senegal, um, one, one would hope that Senegal did not play the final um, when they beat Burkina Faso. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find that Egypt played, they've been playing within themselves. And I mean, look, all, all three of the knockout games have gone to extra time. So you'd wonder whether they've got enough in the tank um, for tomorrow's final. But look, um, it's cup football. Anything can happen. You've got an Egypt side that, yes, um, doesn't have the star, the, the European star quality of the Senegal side, but it's also a Egypt side that is hardwired of, of, in terms of winning on the continent um, to its Al-Ali contingent, its Zamale contingent. Yes, there is Mohamed Salah who plays for Liverpool, is a great player, but there's a team that knows how to do the business on the continent. So I think it's a surprise if he did come up Trump tomorrow. Okay, that's the sport out of the way, Kenny. So let's talk about you now. Uh, sports journalist, the feature is uh, about you. How did you become a sports journal? Well, look, <laughs> how did I start? Um, I used to be an reader of newspapers um, as a kid. There's uh, Dr. Nate, Dr. Masaudi, my soul racing piece. Um, used to make me stand in front of his peers and colleagues and friends um, and make me read newspapers. So that's how I got into reading newspapers. But as I grew through high school in particular, I wasn't no, I was no great shape at sports, but I was able to hold court in terms of debating how games panned out, whether it be cricket and rugby. So one of my friends suggested that when I went to technical high school, they actually made a point that you're not going to have a career in, in, in the technical field because clearly that's not your field. Your field is in media. So... When I matriculated, I spent a year doing mechanical engineering. I passed everything except the majors that was math and mechanics. So I then um, decided to change courses. Change courses I did. Then I moved to journalism. Mm. And, I, and then pretty much that's how it began. And then at the end of 2008, Tadu um, Kamal, who's a commentator in NAFM, he was hosting a show called Extra Time um, on True FM, which is a weekend sports show, 5 to 6, 5 to 6. So he then invited me on the show and said, you, we are often hear you holding court I'm in class, putting people down and come to sporting <laughs> space. Um, let's see how you do on here. So, and that's how I started. I pretty much was a guest on that show for from December 2008 till May 2010. Well, after that, then I actually got my undergrad internship um, in Grandstown. So I then went to Crocos Mail. Mm. And I spent seven of the most educational months I've ever had in my store. Not ever had, but... It, it, was, it was a life-shaping decision that I made to move to Grahamstown 
because I then started to cover all the other beats. I did news, I did <laughs> um, municipal reporting, I did police reporting. I mean, I'd wake up at four in the morning if there's an accident, I'm at an accident scene. So I did the full month in terms of news reporting when I worked at Grocott, but I, speci- I also did specialized in soccer. Mm. So after that, in sports in particular, so if there were Sunday matches at my local JD Grippo Stadium, I was actually there writing up those games and then rush off to the office, write up those match reports of their team because Grocott, well, at the time was Tuesday, Friday, was Tuesday, published on Tuesday and Friday. So there's necessity that if I could get copy out of the way on a Friday, that means I just need to deal with the, the regular police reporting on a Monday morning, <laughs> the Monday morning and afternoon. Right. So yes, that's, so after that, I then got, I applied um, at three different internships. It was Avusa, sure. at the time, Libya one. Then at the time, I applied at IOL. Then I applied at the 24 Academy. And the Academy got back to me first. So they invited me for an interview. So I then flew up to Joburg, end of 2010. We had a very rigorous interview session. I then made it. I made the cut. Mm. And then I moved to Johannesburg in early 2011. And that's pretty much how much my proper journalism career started. Job. You see, it's it's all about hard work and dedication. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Kanisa Twako is my guest, Sports24 senior reporter. Uh, he's a writer and a broadcaster. I'm going to ask you which he prefers in a moment. Hashtag SAFM Sport Tracks. Spock talking to sports journalists, see what makes them tick. Kanisa Twaku is a Sports 24 senior sports reporter, SABC commentator as well. Which do you prefer, Kanisa? The the writing, maybe a little bit more time, or the, the immediacy of broadcasting? I'm seamless with both, actually. Um, I think we're at a stage where our media work has converged significantly because, I mean, there's been a significant focus on how we balance our writing work with social media, with mm. how, we, how we do broadcasting work. So I, I mean, social media is actually quite a very, not a different, but it's quite a dangerous piece in that um, we're competing in a space where a lot of people are throwing out facts um, or throwing out, it's not facts per se, but they're able to just say things without verifying them. Right. The key to broadcasting and writing is that we can't talk about things that are not verified. We can't just rock up on air. Even when we're, on, when we're on the mic, we need to make sure that our facts are covered, our facts are straight, and even on commentary, for example, um, if there's something that I don't know, I'll always ask my colleague who's on air. And even if we, one of our scholars, that this particular fact I'm not quite sure of, please Google it for me. And this, this, the same applies with the writing in that we've got peer review mechanisms where if you are not sure about your particular set of words, there's always a fresh set of eyes from a colleague who's going to look after that. So I think at this, at this juncture in my career, because um, when I count back now, I think I've been in the media industry for about 13 years when I come back to when I started. I'm still quite happy and seamless with both. Um, they, they both have their different challenges. Um, but I mean, the, the one thing that I, I, that I quickly learned is that we are forever a work in progress. We are never, um, there's never perfection in any sort of journalism. You're as only as good as your last byline. You're only as good as your last comment you sent. Every day, every story is a fresh one that needs a fresh approach. It, 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 it's very same that it was the game. In that tomorrow, the, the, the South Africa West Indies uh, photo the eye at the Wanderers. I can't treat that particular game like I treated Thursday's um, very exciting game. I didn't treat Thursday's game like Monday's exciting time they went to a Super Bowl. Every game is different. Every story is different. It requires a very fresh approach. So I think that has been my approach, the approach, the approach that has been drilled into me that it treats every story like you're a work in progress. Mm. Uh, what makes a good sports journalist, Kaniso? Oh, that's a tricky one. Uh, um, look, one, you need to be passionate about it. You need to be able to understand sports. That's the first, that, that's the first part. And you need to have 
a particular skill because you find that there are some journalists who aren't necessarily the best of writers but are able to identify stories. And then you get very good writers who not as good as identify stories, but when they're able to identify a story, they'll pretty much write everything out of it. So you need to be able, but the, the basics is you need to be able to write, number one. Number two, you need to be able to identify a, a, a sports news story because I think that's what sets us out from the reason that you can be a match reporter, an analyst, but from, from a writing perspective. But it's also the, the need to be able to identify a sports news story because I think one of the things that is very important about sports journalism is that it's not about what, it's not all about what happens in the field. Um, the boardroom matters are very important and they need to be as ventilated as accurately and as fairly as possible. And I mean, especially I've, I've been with my colleagues in particular, we've been covering um, this, this, the shenanigans that cricket South Africa mm. for the past two and a half to three years. Um, a lot of people are saying that we are tired of the politics. Why don't you guys talk about what happens in the game? But you have to explain to them that what happens in the boardroom can and will affect what happens in the field. No, they, you know, what happens in the boardroom does not seamlessly exist outside of what happens on the field. So it, it strikes a very important balance to write about what is happening on the field and also to ensure that a broad contextual picture is painted with what happens off the, off the field uh, to ensure that people get a very full view of why a particular sport is in a particular good or bad state. That must be the joy of being a writer is that you you've got the time and the, and the, and uh, and the space to to flesh out a story as opposed to uh, a sports reporter that's on radio doing a 5 minute sports report you can only kind of do the headlines whereas you guys have, you've got a a week maybe if you win a weekly newspaper to 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 write out all the details that must be quite satisfying It is it is and I mean at the end of the day we also would see this with sports reporters on radio because they are the ones who, through the bulletins, give our stories life. Um, I mean, when you look at someone like a Tabiso Musia, for example, Tabiso will look at how we built a story and then will want us to actually flesh out to the readers and mm. actually try to put a voice to the story. So we only exist outside in isolation. We don't know, we don't know work out in silence. We will communicate constantly over what's the story about, can tell me more, but then I feel, then, then let's say you said that, but this story actually needs to be ventilated more to readers. Um, to business because we have to be honest that um, radio provides a bigger audience than print and, uh, print and digital uh, written digital media at the moment. So if we are able to take our stories that we write and actually give them life on air, because effectively we, we work in the same circle. And even if a story is, is, is broken on radio, we also will have the responsibility to fetch it out further for readers. And that yin and yang works like that. So we do have the time. And also, it, it, it's also important to understand that we have to do so with a fair bit of responsibility because there are people who feel that we are, the, the power of the written leader, whether it's print or digital, is unchecked. That is not true. Our power <laughs> is very much checked. Um, <laughs> if people feel that they have not been treated fairly, that's what mode of, of, of there is a man in which they can actually find recourse. If they feel like they've been unfairly treated, they can actually go to the press ombudsman. It's the same with radio. If a particular subject or a particular person feels that they have not been treated fairly, they've got the DCSA um, as, uh, as a right of recourse. So the, the, the most important thing that I've discovered over the years is that while we understand that we hold the favorite of power, we also understand the responsibility that comes with it and the consequences of not using that power correctly. One piece of advice, Kanisa, as we wrap up for somebody listening to this thinking, I want to be the next Kanisa Twako. 
Look, I mean, one, be passionate about sports. Um, in any form of, of, the, of the media, identify what you're good at, identify what you love, and then go for it. But the most important thing is that don't just go and want to be a sports journalist. Mm-hmm. Learn the news cycle, work at other people, and then find your way to the beat that suits you. As I explained earlier, that I did a fair bit of news reporting mm. before I actually became a sports When I moved to Joburg when I started to be press, I covered a far wide variety of stories, whether it's education, business, um, consumer issues. Only then, towards the end of my stint, my first in the city press was when I was in intern, I then moved into sports. So the importance is that if you are a sports journalist, it's all good and well, but groom yourself in other parts, in other beats of journalism, because when it comes to the sports section, you may find yourself having to write a court report. You have to go to court. And you find that now, dealing with the court reporting matter has a very different, um, has very different issues. Not issues per se, but it's a very different methodology in order to, to deal with court reporting. And you find that if you build that experience by working through the different departments, it then comes in very handy. But if you go through the process and then go to the piece that actually works for you. Kenisa Tsoko, great advice, Sports24 senior reporter and SABC commentator and analyst, our sports journal profile this week.